Section 1 of The Emperor of Portugalia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. The Emperor of Portugalia by Selma Lagerlöf. Translated by Velma Swanston Howard. Section 1 The Beating Heart. Jan of Rufflock Croft never tired of telling about the day when his little girl came into the world. In the early morning he had been to fetch the midwife and other helpers. All the forenoon and a good part of the afternoon he had sat on the chopping block in the woodshed with nothing to do but to wait. Outside it rained in torrents, and he came in for his share of the downpour although he was said to be under cover. The rain reached him in the guise of dampness through cracks in the walls, and as drops from a leaky roof. Then, all at once, through the doorless opening of the shed, the wind swept a regular deluge in upon him. "'I just wonder if anybody thinks I'm glad to have that young one coming,' he muttered impatiently, kicking at a small stick of wood, and sending it flying across the yard. This is about the worst luck that could come to me. When we got married, Katrina and I, it was because we were tired of drudging as hired girl and farmhand for Eric of Falla, and wanted to plant our feet under our own table, but certainly not to raise children. He buried his face in his hands and sighed heavily. It was plain that the chilly dampness and the long dreary wait had somewhat to do with putting him in a bad humour, but they were by no means the only cause. The real reason for its lament was something far more serious. "'I've got to work every day,' he reminded himself, "'work from early morning till late in the evening. But so far I've at least had some peace nights.' now i suppose that young one will be squalling the whole night long and i'll get no rest then either whereupon an even worse fear seized him taking his hands from before his face he wrung them so hard that the knuckles fairly cracked up to this we've managed to scratch along pretty well because katrina has been free to go out and work the same as myself but now she'll have to sit at home and take care of that young one. He sat staring in front of him as hopelessly as if he had beheld famine itself, stalking across the yard and making straight for his hut. Well, said he, bringing his two fists down on the chopping block by way of emphasis, I just want to say that if I'd only known at the time when Eric of Falla came to me and offered to let me build on his ground, and gave me some old timber for a little shack. If I had only known then that this would happen, I'd have said no to the whole business, and gone on living in the stable loft at Falla for the rest of my days. He knew these were strong words, but felt no inclination to take them back. Supposing something were to happen, he began for by that time matters had reached such a pass with him, he would not have minded if the child had met with some mishap before coming into the world. 
but he never finished what he wished to say as he was interrupted by a faint cry from the other side of the wall the woodshed was attached to the house itself as he listened he heard one peep after the other from within and knew of course what that meant then for a long while he sat very still feeling neither glad nor sorry finally he said with a little shrug so it's here at last and now for the love of god they might let me slip in to warm myself but that comfort was not to be his so soon there were more hours of waiting ahead of him the rain still came down in sheets and the wind increased though only the latter part of august it was as disagreeable as a november day to cap the climax he felt to brooding over something that made him even more wretched he felt that he was being slighted and set aside there are three women folk beside the midwife in there with katrina he murmured one of them at least might have taken the trouble to come and tell me whether it's a boy or a girl he could hear them bustling about as they made up a fire and saw them run out to the well to fetch water but of his existence no one seemed to be aware of a sudden he clapped his hands to his eyes and began to rock himself backward and forward my dear jan anderson he said in his mind what's wrong with you why does everything go against you why must you always have such a dull time of it and why couldn't you have married some good-looking young girl instead of that ugly old katrina from falla he was so unspeakably wretched even a few tears trickled down between his fingers why are you made so little of in the parish my good jan anderson why should you always be pushed back for others you know there are those who are just as poor as yourself and whose work is no better than yours but no one gets put down the way you do what can be the matter with you my dear jan anderson these were queries he had often put to himself though in vain and he had no hope of finding the answer to them now either after all perhaps there was nothing wrong with him perhaps the only explanation was that both god and his fellow-men were unfair to him when that thought came to him he took his hands from before his eyes and tried to put on a bold face if you're ever again allowed inside your own house my good jan anderson you mustn't so much as glance toward the young one but march yourself straight over to the fireplace and sit down without saying a word or suppose you get right up and walk away you don't have to sit here any longer now that you know it's over with suppose you show katrina and the rest of the women-folk that you're not a man to be trifled with he was just on the point of rising when the mistress of falla appeared in the doorway of the woodshed and with a charming curtsy bade him come inside to have a peep at the infant had it been any one else than the mistress of falla herself that had invited him in it is doubtful whether he would have gone at all angry as he was her he had to follow of course but he took his own time about it he tried to assume the air and bearing of eric of falla when the latter strode across the floor of the town hall to deposit his vote in the ballot-box 
and succeeded remarkably well in looking quite as solemn and important please walk in said the mistress of falla opening the door for him then stepping aside to let him go first one glance at the room told him that everything had been cleaned and tidied up in there the coffee-pot newly polished and full and steaming stood at the edge of the hearth to cool the table over by the window was spread with a snow-white cover on which were arranged dainty flowered cups and saucers belonging to the mistress of falla katrina lay on the bed and two of the women who had come to lend a hand stood pressed against the wall so that he should have a free and unobstructed view of all the preparations directly in front of the table stood the midwife with a bundle on her arm Jan could not help thinking that for once in its life he appeared to be the centre of attraction. Katrina glanced up at him appealingly, as if wanting to ask whether he was pleased with her. The other women, too, all turned their eyes toward him, expectantly waiting for some word of praise from him for all the trouble they had been to on his account. However, it is not so easy to appear jubilant when one has been half-frozen and out of sorts all day. Jan could not clear his face of that Eric of Falla expression, and stood there without saying a word. Then the midwife took a step forward. The hut was so tiny that that one stride put her square in front of him, so that she could place the child in his arms now jan shall have a peek at the little lassie she's what i'd call a real baby said the midwife and there stood jan holding in his two hands something soft and warm done up in a big shawl a corner of which had been turned back that he might see the little wrinkled face and the tiny wizened hands he was wondering what the women-folk expected him to do with that which had been thrust upon him when he felt a sudden shock that shook both him and the child it had not come from any of the women and whether it had passed through the child to him or through him to the child he could not tell immediately after the heart of him began to beat in his breast as it had never done before now he was no longer cold or sad or worried nor did he feel angry all was well with him but he could not comprehend why there was a thumping and a beating in his breast when he had not been dancing or running or climbing hills my good woman he said to the midwife do lay your hand here and feel of my heart it seems to beat so queerly why it's a regular attack of the heart the midwife declared but perhaps you're subject to these spells no he assured her i've never had one before not just in this way do you feel bad are you in pain oh no then the midwife could not make out what ailed him anyhow said she i'll relieve you of the child but now jan felt he did not want to give up the child ah let me hold the little girl he pleaded the women-folk must have read something in his eyes, or caught something in his tone that pleased them, for the midwife's mouth had a peculiar quirk, and the other women all burst out laughing. 
say jan have you never cared so much for somebody that your heart has been set a-throbbing because of her asked the midwife no indeed said jan but at that moment he knew what it was that had quickened the heart in him moreover he was beginning to perceive what had been amiss with him all his life and that he whose heart does not respond to either joy or sorrow can hardly be called human glory goldie sunny castle the following day jan of rufflock croft stood waiting for hours on the doorstep of his hut with the little girl in his arms this too was a long wait but now it was all so different from the day before he was standing there in such good company that he could become neither weary nor disheartened nor could he begin to tell how good it felt to be holding the warm little body pressed close to his heart it occurred to him that hitherto he had been mighty sour and unpleasant even to himself but now all was bliss and sweetness within him he had never dreamt that one could be so gladdened by just loving someone he had not stationed himself on the doorstep without a purpose as may be assumed it was an important matter that he must try to settle while standing there he and katrina had spent the whole morning trying to choose a name for the child they had been at it for hours without arriving at a decision finally katrina had said i don't see but that you'll have to take the child and go stand on the stoop with her then you can ask the first female that happens along what her name is and the name she names we must give to the girl be it ugly or pretty now the hut lay rather out of the way and it was seldom that any one passed by their place so jan had to stand out there ever so long without seeing a soul this was also a grey day though no rain fell it was not windy and cold however but rather a bit sultry if jan had not held the little girl in his arms he would have lost heart my dear jan anderson he would have said to himself you must remember that you live away down in the ashdales by dove lake where there isn't but one decent farmhouse and here and there a poor fisherman's hut who'll you find hereabout with a name that's pretty enough to give to your little girl but since this was something which concerned his daughter he never doubted that all would come right he stood looking down toward the lake as if not caring to her how shut in from the whole countryside it lay in its rock basin he thought it might just happen that some high-toned lady with a grand name would come rowing across from Doveness on the south shore of the lake because of the little girl he felt almost sure this would come to pass the child slept the whole time so for all of her he could have stood there and waited as long as he liked but the worrisome person was katrina every other minute she would ask him whether any one had come along yet and if he thought it prudent to keep the infant out in the damp air any longer jan turned his eyes up toward great peak rising high above the little groves and garden patches of the ashdales 
like a watch-tower atop some huge fortress keeping all strangers at a distance still it might be possible that some great lady who had been up to the peak to view the beautiful landscape had taken the wrong path back and strayed in the direction of Rufluck. he quieted katrina as well as he could the child was safe enough he assured her now that he had stood out there so long he wanted to wait another minute or so not a soul hove in sight but he was confident that if he just stuck to it the help would come it could not be otherwise it would not have surprised him if a queen in a golden chariot had come driving over mountains and through thickets to bestow her name upon his little girl more moments passed and he knew that dusk would soon be falling then he would not be let stand there longer katrina looked at the clock and again begged him to come inside just you be patient a second he said i think i see something peeping out over west the sky had been overcast the whole day but at that moment the sun note in swedish the sun is feminine the sun came bursting out from behind the clouds and darted a few rays down toward the child i don't wonder at your wanting to have a peek at the little lassie before you go down said jan to the sun she's something worth seeing the sun came forth clearer and clearer and shed a rose-coloured glow over both the child and the hut maybe you'd like to be godmother to her said jan of ruffluck to which the sun made no direct reply she just beamed for a moment then drew her mist cloak about her and disappeared once again katrina was heard from was anyone there asked she i thought i heard you talking to somebody you'd better come inside now yes now i'm coming he answered and stepped in such a grand old aristocrat just went by but she was in so great a hurry i had barely time to say good day to her before she was gone goodness me how provoking exclaimed katrina and after we'd waited so long too i suppose you didn't have a chance to ask what her name was oh yes her name is glory goldie sunnycastle that much i got out of her glory goldie sunnycastle but won't that name be a bit too dazzling was katrina's only comment jan of ruffluck was positively astonished at himself for having hit upon something so splendid as making the sun godmother to his child he had indeed become a changed man from the moment the little girl was first laid in his arms end of section 1 read by lars rolander